and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. We're starting a brand new series today called The Cry for Community. Um, and of course, it's tied to life groups and all that good stuff. But as I just mentioned, we just believe that when you connect, when you're with godly company, you are furthering your walk with God. You're going to be more and more like Christ because we know that iron sharpens iron, right? But you can't sharpen your iron if you're around any other type of metal, right? It has to be iron with iron. So as believers, you need to be with other people who believe, Um, And so that's what we're going to get into. Um, So I love groups. I'm very social, always have been, have been since I was a little girl. I am an extrovert by nature. Any extroverts in the house? Right? Okay. Any introverts? Y'all are fake because an introvert would not yell like that. (laughs) There's no way. There's absolutely no way. But I am an extrovert, introvert or extrovert, no matter what you label yourself, you need to be with community, right? Whether you like people or you like people from a distance, we, it's important to have people in your life, right? And no matter what you label yourself, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, it matters what God has labeled you, right? And he made you in his image and his words has very specific things about you, um, and how we're going to live and how we're going to operate in this day-to-day until Jesus comes back. So why don't you flip with me to Genesis 2. That's right at the very beginning because God's been speaking to us and about us since the very, very beginning. Amen. Okay. Y'all really talking back. I like it. My introverts yelling at me. I love to see it. But Genesis 2, we're going to start in verse... Seven. Verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now we're going to jump down to verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And in between those two verses, man had an assignment, which was to name all the creatures in the world. So he went through and named every single animal, every critter, every creepy crawly. He named them. And as he was going through naming each one, the Lord noticed, "Mm, not suitable, not suitable, not suitable. So for all you pet people who are like, all I need is me and my dog. All I need is me and my cat. The Lord said in the beginning that that animal is not suitable as a helper. You need more, right? So the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animal, all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib. He had taken out the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So it was so imperative that Adam wasn't in this world alone, that God handcrafted someone to help him on his journey. And of course, this is in the context of marriage, but I know we have a lot of single people in here as well. You, there is a helper for you. And there's a helper that's coming in the form of like a partner, of course. There's the helper, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you, who will guide you and give you the discernment you need to pick the right people to help you on your journey until you get to that man or woman, until it's like, I do day. But we cannot neglect the fact that from the beginning, God said it was not good for us to be alone. And we talked a bit about this at our young adult service this past week, um, about how when we're trying to cultivate a sound mind is what we talked about. And when we, we get alone and into that dark place, we retreat. And we tell ourselves, you know, maybe some time by myself is good. Maybe if I just pull away for a little bit, I'll be better. But really, you're, you're, you're isolating yourself. You're making yourself alone, and the Lord God says, it is not good that you are alone. That is a constant word. That is a consistent word. So we got to figure out what we need to do to move forward, right? Out of darkness, surround yourself with people who will help pull you out and pull you through. Uh, We're going to flip to Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 10, which is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh, chapters of the Bible. My favorite verse actually comes from Hebrews 10, ever, but we're not reading that verse. But we are reading the section that says it's a call to persevere in faith. So uh, chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. What this verse is saying is we need to be seeking out ways to help each other along, to walk in love, to do good things in this earth, to show the love of God. You cannot do that alone. You, 
you can't be spurred on to good things when you're by yourself. In fact, a lot of times when we're by ourselves, that's when we make the worst decisions. That's where those bad habits are formed. That's where we backstep. That's where we backslide. But when you're in community, when you don't forsake the right of assembly and you worship together and you get around people who care, who have the, the spirit of the living God inside of them, who know enough to say, what you're doing, it's not quite right. Come with me and let me show you the way. You're walking in love. You're walking toward calling. You're walking toward purpose. And, and just taking it back to Adam for a second, God told him that there was one thing that he couldn't do, right? Which was not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But right after God gave him that instruction, God said, you're going to need some help. Where are my men at? Lord knows. You get instructions. Sometimes you need a little help. Where are my women at? The Lord's going to give you instruction, and sometimes you're going to need a little help, okay? You have instruction that goes along with your calling, that goes along with your purpose. But like Adam, if Adam, who was in the Garden of Eden, who was in perfection, needed help, how much more do you need help? We are in a fallen world. It is so much easier to be deceived now. The, the, the knowledge of good and evil, that fruit that they were not supposed to eat of, it is all around us. And we, take, we partake in it daily sometimes. But when you have a Christ-like community that will call you out, call you up, you get refined. You, you get closer to the person you are called to be. And I don't know about you, but I I don't want to settle for less than God's best, right? And that's, of course, in my own life and the things that I want to see, but for myself, because I know that there are people who are assigned to me. I know there are people who have been entrusted into my care. And how can I care for them if I'm alone fellowshipping with darkness? How can I care for, for you well if I pull myself completely away and don't allow other people to spur me on to good deeds? How can I do what I'm supposed to do and walk in love when I don't have people encouraging me? Because the fact is, we were born into a fallen world, which means we're more likely to fall, fall, period. But with the help of of godly parents who bring you to church. You're, you're taught the way you should go. And then when you leave your home, you go to college and you join a church, with the help of that community, you are led in the way that you should go. When you get married and you're a woman, your husband knows God, like knows God, because he knows his word. It's, he's in his word. He's going to lead you in the way you should go. For my men, you will have godly men surrounding you, hopefully, that will give you advice, give you wise counsel, and help you on the way that you should go. Spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all, and all the more as you see the day approaching not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. If that's not an on-time verse, 
if that's not a word for today, this digital age where people are more comfortable, more content at home, logging on while they're doing dishes, than actually like stepping into community, I don't know what is. If that ain't proof that the word is alive, I don't know what else is. But it says, let's not give up meeting together. And, and that phrase, meeting together, means worship. It means assembly. It's very specific. It's not just going out to lunch. It's not just going to have good hangs, play pickleball, whatever. It is coming into corporate worship. And you guys know this because you're here. Amen, hallelujah. Glad you are. (laughs) But it needs to be a habit. And no shame, no condemnation. We're all in different seasons of life. But... And and maybe it speaks to the church more than anything else. But this should be a place where you want to be. And let me repent on behalf of the church. Let me repent on behalf of this church and all the churches if we've become a place that you do not want to be. But the Spirit of God dwells here. We declared it as a team this morning. We've declared it time and time again that this is a house of worship. This is a house of miracles. No matter what blows through here during the week, this is a house of worship. And we have, we have declared that Dueling Hall is a house of worship. So God's spirit is here and it should be attractive to you. You should want to be here on a Sunday. You say, I don't want to give up, get up in the morning. Fine, we have 6 p.m. You don't even have to wake up early. But it should be a place where you want to dwell. Because again, this is the community that will spur you on to love and good deeds. Not the people that you have bottomless brunch plans with. Not the people, I mean, it could be. You know what, I won't even say that. Because if you're going to brunch with godly friends... All power to you. I know, I know the people here, we love a good lunch. We do. But we have to make sure you're, you're in community. Okay? Can I read you some more scripture? Is that all right? Is this, is this making sense, God? Okay, amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at John 3. Um, not John 3.16, which I know some of you probably thought we were. Tricked ya. Not that. <laughs> We're going to go John 3:19. And I know I think the light just like burned out. It's totally fine. Like y'all don't have to worry about it. We're still going. It's like we can see you. Okay. So John 3:19. But I need some light, Lord. Okay. It says this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Coming into the light. Amen. (laughs) I think this passage is so, so good. It's saying this is it, guys. This is the notice. This is the word. This is the tweet. This is the post. This is the verdict. This is the ruling. Light has come into the world. Can we pause and praise God for that? Amen. 
but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. When you do evil deeds, it gets on you. And you get more and more accustomed to darkness that the light becomes something that you fear. But when you're around godly community, they spur you on to what? Good deeds. Deeds of light. So that it's easier for you to step into light. And I understand if you've been fellowshipping with darkness, which I know sounds like really bleak and like mysterious. If you've been doing things that you know you're not supposed to do. If you've been hanging out with people you're not supposed to be hanging out with. If you're walking around with a guilty, guilty conscience... You've been fellowshipping with things of darkness. And, and you, there may have been a point where you love those things. I get it. I, I went to college. There were things that I loved that I do not love now. But because I was naive, because I was surrounded by people who wouldn't spur me on into the things of light, I continued to dwell in that. I continued to fellowship with those things. I'm talking going to church on Sunday and acting in a completely different way Sunday night. But when I got revelation that light has come into the world and that I can, in fact, partake in it, I went running. And it was intimidating and it was scary because I didn't want people to know the mess that I've walked through. I didn't want people to know the things that I had done the night before, but somehow I was still here passing out mints to church members when they walked in. But when I, when I pulled back the mask and just let my leadership know, do you know what they did? They embraced me. Because they were people who knew the Lord. And let me comfort you now. Word of life is filled with people who know the Lord. I w- Amen. I wouldn't spend time here if it weren't true. I wouldn't sit under leadership, the leadership of Pastor Joel and Pastor Pepe, if they did not know the Lord and walk in that love. That is a covering that is extended to our campus in Fondren. It's extended to Highland Colony. It's extended to Point Dexter. It's extended online. It is extended to you. Do not fear the light, but be aware of darkness enough to turn your back to it. And again, you can only do that when you're in godly community. I won't say you can only do that when you're in godly community, but it makes it easier. I have a friend who, who's walking through a tougher time right now, but it's because she was living a double life. And it took her coming to a point where she couldn't help but step into light. She couldn't help but tell the truth. And that truth has set her free. And fortunately, she was surrounded by people who knew God and knew her heart enough that, that those relationships didn't change. She was surrounded with more support, with more love, with more compassion and more grace. That is for you. Big or small, you cannot be afraid of truth. And I feel like that's like a lesson we learn when we're kids, right? You know, we want to tell the truth. Don't be afraid to, to, to come to your parents to tell the truth. 
I'm fortunate enough to ha have had a mom who was, is, so gracious and kind. And I've never been afraid to tell her the truth. It may have taken me a little longer than it should have. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> but there's never been a time where she has not met me with grace. Where she has not met me with compassion and understanding. Were there consequences? Of course, because she loves me enough to put up guardrails so that I don't make the same mistakes again. But man, there was never a question of her love for me. And I like to think that she only can do that because she knows God. And she, she loves God. And she taught me to know God and love God. We were talking about it the other day, like driving to preschool, we used to listen, or like school in general, we listened to a couple songs on cassette tapes. Do not shame me for knowing what a cassette tape is. It's vintage and we love them. And we used to listen to certain songs on tape, worship songs. I'd be like a kid just singing, lift him up in the backseat of a Volvo. But those were seeds that were planted to know to find other people who could lift him up with me, who, who knew God that way. And again, if you didn't have parents who, who were that compassionate, who were forgiving, I'm sorry. But you're to a point now, and we all do this at a, at a point, where you get to choose your family, Right? And it hurts when it can't be the people who raised you or the people who birthed you. But you get to choose a family that God has put together for you. And that family will do what my mom did for me. That family will meet you with compassion. That family will meet you with care. That, that, that family will meet you with discernment to know when you're doing wrong even before you do it. My best friend in the whole wide world, she is a force to be reckoned with, okay? She is fabulous. She is fierce. She is like, she loves hard. She plays hard. She calls me out hard. <laughs> but I'm grateful for that. She was a God, a God friend before we even knew God. We became friends. I was 14. She was 15. We really became friends. And we, we used to do like theater and stuff growing up. So we did a show before I was at the same school with her. And then when I was in high school, she was like, I'm picking you up on Monday. And I said, Mom, this girl Haleana is picking me up for school. And my mom said, okay. I get in the car. And little did I know, she'd be driving me to school every day for two years straight. It was amazing. But I'm so grateful for her because she and I, we've walked through every season of life from 14 to 30. And we're still walking. Amen. And if you think there haven't been times where she's wild out and I haven't said, girl, you're doing too much. Or if you think there are times where I was outside of the will of God and she hasn't said, Rav, you need to come back in line. There have been, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. So much so that I want that for all of you. When you choose your family, when you, you come into a godly community, it may not be like 20 people deep. Jesus 
only had so many disciples around him, but he had an inner circle that was even smaller. There were only a few people that he revealed his true self to, his full glory to. So dispel that myth right now if you're like, I'm about to have a whole squad. You need one godly friend, at least. And it will carry you through 16 years of awkwardness, bad haircuts, bad decisions, and great decisions. Pray for the one if you don't have one now. And if you do have someone now, tell them what they mean to you. You can do that now. You can take out your phone right now and text them. You can lean over to the side if you need to. Do it now. I won't feel any type of way. But the people in your life, especially the God-assigned people to your life, need to hear and know what they mean to you. It's part of what we read in Hebrews, walking in love. Love is expressive. It's not silent. Love is in the light. It is not in the darkness, which means that it is in front. It is shared. It is a good deed. It is bold. So tell the ones that you love that you love them and what they mean to you. Last story, I guess, that I'll share. I had a group of friends uh, in college. So I went to college in New York. And gang, gang, anyone from the East Coast? Love you guys. You're my people. <laughs> and so I had a group of girls in college. We were fierce. You couldn't tell us nothing, okay? We like dressed to the nines at our college graduation we all wore blue heels suede blue heels why we did that I don't know because my feet were killing me but we were like we're we're rolling deep this is forever right so then after college we stay in the city we're all working together some of us live together it's a good fun time and then the Lord said to me go home and I moved back to Mississippi which was wild And when I moved back to Mississippi, I got into a new community of girls. And my mom, I think, was the one that pointed it out. Because my friends in the city, they took a photo together for for someone's birthday. And then my friends here, we took a photo because we all went to the movies in pajamas. And my mom was like, look at these two pictures. Like, these are night and day circles of friends. And I was like, yeah, haha, it's so funny. Weird. Still love my girls, though. And then what I didn't know was like she was seeing something that was so much deeper um, than I could see at the time. So I fast forward a few months. I make a trip back to New York because I want to see my friends, you know, be with them. And the first night I was there, we went to dinner and they, I heard, overheard one of them say, okay, but don't tell Hillary. So obviously I walk up and I say, don't tell Hillary what? Because <laughs> I'm nosy. I want to know. You said my name. What aren't you telling me? I want to know. So they were like, oh, nothing, oh, nothing. And I was like, okay. That's not true. I heard you say, don't tell Hillary. So what are you telling me? 
And they were, we proceeded to sit down, have dinner, and they told me everything. They told me everything that was going on in their lives. And it was insane. They had made some decisions they knew that I wouldn't be on board with because I had changed. My friends here knew God. My friends there, unfortunately, didn't. And they were doing what it says in John 3. They loved the darkness and were so afraid of the light they wouldn't, because they didn't want to say what they were doing. I'm not here to call them out, shame them, or whatever. We've grown up since then, thank God. That was like six years ago, and everyone seems to be on a much better track now. But they, they knew. They knew that I wouldn't be satisfied, that I wouldn't accept what they were going through. And in that dinner, I had to just stop and say, I don't know what's going on here, but what you're doing is not okay. It's not right. It's dishonest. It's not honorable. You know better, and you deserve better. And it was a hard truth and made the dinner very awkward because we were all staying in the same apartment. So then the walk home, again, awkward. But I told them, I said, I am your friend. And if you're headed toward danger, I'm doing you a disservice by not telling you. And you should know that I am not your parent. I am not your mother. I'm not going to keep telling you over and over again because it's your own life. You can do what you want. But I would be remiss if I didn't say at least once, what you're doing is dangerous. And I wish I could say they, they listened and they were like, you're right, Hillary. And just the clouds parted, rainbow in the sky. We all worshiped God, fell on our faces. Not true, it didn't happen. It took about a year and a half before there was some turnaround there. But the relief I had when I came back home to my friends who were satisfied with going to the movies in pajamas was tremendous. Because I, I got a glimpse into what my life would have been like if I had stayed with my friends from college. I would have been fine, but I would have made a lot of missteps along the way because they weren't bold enough to call out what was wrong amongst them. And I knew they wouldn't do it for me. But when I came home, when I came to my godly community, they won't let me step out of line. <laughs> I might say something flip, might say something real quick, because I can be sassy. And they'll laugh, and they'll be like, stop. <laughs> and then I say, you're right, forgive me. <laughs> I needed that to be where I am today. You need that to get to where you're supposed to be tomorrow. And it's my hope and my prayer that you find that. And if it's not here, that's okay, right? Because there's a place for everybody. And this may not be your place. I sincerely hope that it is. But that's why we have groups. That's why we make such a big push for them throughout the year. 
and we're, we finally decided to do a thing where we're keeping them year-round because who knew you would need community even in the summer? But there are like tens and tens and tens of groups for you to sign up for where your iron can be sharpened by more iron. And I would encourage you guys, if you have a cry for community, sign up. If you have a cry for community and none of those groups sound interesting, start your own group. Because chances are you're not walking through anything by yourself. And there's going to be someone else who is waiting for someone's hand to be extended so y'all can just link arms and march through this thing together. I'm in a group and I lead a group because I know that I need it. And I, I truly, I hope you guys find community today. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for this house. I thank you for all the people who are here, all the families that are represented here. God, I thank you that you hear every single cry of our hearts, including the cry for community. And God, I thank you that anyone who is in darkness that's been afraid of the light, that fear, it is gone in Jesus' name. I thank you that they are walking in truth and stepping into light, God, and and stepping into a community among people who will spur them on to walk in love and to walk in good deeds. God, I thank you. (laughs) I thank you that you are faithful to save the person who might be fellowshipping with the wrong people. And God, for anyone who needs the strength to walk away from a relationship, to walk away from a friendship, would you give them that strength here and now, God? God, I thank you that you do not leave anyone empty-handed, but you are lining up the next friend, the next bit of community, the next family that, that they may need in this season. God, I declare divine connections over everyone here. People who lift up that don't put down. People that call, that call, call us higher, God. God, people who will confess your word over us when we are too stubborn or too lost or, or too scared to believe it, God. Would you bring people who would confess your word over us so that we do hear it, so that we do receive it, so that we do begin to believe it, so that we can walk in the authority that you have granted us? God, be near. I thank you for the helper that is the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in all of us. Lord, this helper that will highlight people that we need to be around, that will highlight the group that we need to be part of. God, I thank you just for your hand that is at work in our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.